Welcome back to Dwayne Talk. Dwayne Talk for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute in roll. Now, I had a couple of texts yesterday on that 40 Wings Temper text. By the way, the text machine number 0433981116 for the all-new Temper, T-E-M-P-U-R, Temper Pro, the Temper Adaptive Mattress, the best ever is here. Temper mattresses like no other. Asking, when's Simon Hill coming back uh, the last couple of weeks? Well, guess what? Simon Hill is back, and he's back now. The 2023-24 A-League men's season kicks off this weekend, and when it comes to the return of the global game and the SCN Airways, we have to get the number one man on to keep, give the people what they want, they say, uh, at the all-new earlier time of 8pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time as well, right across the SEN network if you want to catch the global game. But Simon Hill will be on this program every week. Welcome to you, Simon. Great to have you back on. Good to be with you, Dwayne. How are you? I'm good, and I'm pretty excited uh, on a number of fronts. I think everyone's pretty excited about Ange Postacoglu. He seems to be one of those guys who... It doesn't matter which particular sport you follow closely. He's just an Aussie on the world stage doing great stuff. Well, yeah, he's a great Aussie football coach. Uh, so obviously we're, we're yeah. proud of him uh, in our sport uh, because he's doing a terrific job with Tottenham. It's early days, of course, um, but they are top of the Premier League, which is extraordinary, really. Normally with Angie's teams, it takes a little while for them to bed in. Uh, but he's hit the ground running. He's won two consecutive Manager of the Month awards over there in England. Uh, so he's flying. Um, that's not to say they're you know, going to go on and win it, but um, he's made a terrific start. And you know, the fans and the players clearly love him. Uh, they're playing a brand of attacking football that Spurs haven't had for quite some time. And obviously they're embracing that. And I think the media are enjoying his conferences as well because... You know, he brings a certain honesty and rawness to him that uh, has perhaps been coached out of uh, managers in the UK because of the headlines they generate, and they tend to give rather bland answers. And you're still pretty new to that, and, uh, you know, he's giving them a headline virtually every week at the moment. So, yeah, it's terrific to watch, and I'm, I'm delighted for him because he's had to work very, very hard uh, to get where he is, and he deserves it. So he does have a bit of magic, given that we know he can give love to people and love to the media and love to the fans. And we know that he can hold the press conference people in the palm of his hand because he is a charismatic kind of guy. But he also has to win. So when he lost Harry Kane and he took over Tottenham, there was a lot of people who didn't think this attacking game style or was it actually going to last. So are you surprised how many people within the world game are surprised that it's not just lasting, it looks like it might actually carry through even if they don't win the title it might carry through to a whole season of greatness well no not surprised at all uh the only thing that has shocked me a little bit is as i say how quickly it's happened um you know we, we know Ange professionally pretty well in this neck of the woods we know how he constructs teams and uh as i say normally they take a little bit of time to gel uh, but in many ways the loss of harry kane was and i've said this before i think it was a win-win situation for Ange. Had he stayed, he retained the services of one of the world's best strikers. Uh, if he went, then, you know, it wasn't Angie's fault because he hadn't been a part of the club that had uh, been involved in this on-off, is he going, is he not saga with Harry Kane for years. And I actually think in many ways it's probably better for Ange because players that are uh, of that high profile can sometimes be a distraction. You only have to look at Cristiano Ronaldo at Manchester United you know, almost completely um, uh, ruined United's season uh, last year before he left in December because it was all about him. 
So Andrew's been able to construct a team that he wants. Uh, obviously, he's had a bit of money from the sale as well. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's got them playing in his own image. And the one thing that I've been really impressed with, not just the attacking flair that they've shown, but when they went down to 10 men uh, against Luton in their last Premier League game, they had to play the second half with, with uh, 10 men. And they showed they had a fortitude about them as well, uh, defensive resilience um, to go with that attacking flair when they had their full complement of players. So it, it looks as though he's got, you know, a fantastic blend. Um, and his players have bought into what he wants them to do. So th- there's an, a lot of positives for Ange at the moment. The only caveat, as I say, it's still very early. Um, have they got the depth of squad to compete over 38 games with the likes of Manchester City, Liverpool, Arsenal? That remains to be seen. But uh, he's enjoying it at the moment, and why shouldn't he? Does a strong Australian presence, I know as a manager, not as a player, but... Uh, Australian presence overseas, especially in the EPL, which gets a lot of publicity here in Australia, translate to a positive amount of new eyeballs or more eyeballs on our game here, which is in the men's side of things about to kick off? Well, look, that's a $64 million question, isn't it? And, Mm. uh, you know, I said on a radio show a couple of weeks ago, probably a lot of the same people who are eulogising Ange today uh, are some of the same people who are saying when he was at Brisbane, oh, well, it's only the A-League, you know, he's not that good. Uh, And as I I mentioned on that radio show, this is where the journey starts. Um, It'd be nice if more people recognised that. It's not just Ange. During the off-season, we've sold 16 players from the A-League men's competition to European clubs. So we're doing something right in this neck of the woods. Uh, we would love to have more fans come on board, but uh, it, it's about an emotional connection with the clubs and, you know, that takes time. Uh, the, the other codes have been around a, an awful lot longer. People have got bonds with those clubs or their overseas football clubs. Uh, so it's incumbent upon the clubs to, to build those relationships and, and try and get more bums on seats in the stands and uh, more people watching on TV as well. Uh, there's no silver bullet to it. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, but the success of people like Ange Postacoglu and, of course, in the women's game, the Matildas at the Women's World Cup, and we've seen the impact of that in the first round of the Liberty A-League, the women's competition last weekend, with a record crowd to the Sydney Derby, 11,500. Uh, they all help uh, to try and build w- what we're trying to do here as a sport. So it's real. The fallout uh, has been... a. A massively positive one for the women's game in Australia, given how well we went in the World Cup? Well, yeah. Look, it's only, you know, week one. Um, yeah. So it's early days in that competition, but we've got an expanded league in uh, the women's competition. Uh, you know, they started off with it with a bang with the, the big Sydney Derby, Sydney FC and Western Sydney Wanderers. Great crowd for that. Uh, the F3 Derby, Central Coast and Newcastle had 5,000 as well. Um, so, you know, if, you, if you're looking for comparisons, you look at the AFLW crowds across the weekend. I think our crowds were, you know, over the course of the journey, a, a fair bit bigger. Uh, so it helps, um, but it's got to be sustained. And, uh, you know, th- that, that means getting people to become rusted on supporters. And that doesn't happen overnight. Uh, there's got to be incentives, you know, cheap tickets, uh, good accessibility in terms of the venues. Uh, and we've got to put a good product on the pitch. Um, and that was certainly the case this last weekend. I hope it's going to be the same for the men this coming weekend and that people turn up in their droves to support it. Talking to Simon Hill, host of the Global Game, which will return tonight at the new time, 8pm Australian Eastern Daylight 
time across the SEN network. We're talking to him thanks to OMF, Australian-owned and designed. The OMF big spring sale is on now with up to 60% off selected mattresses. So who are the teams to watch in the A-League men's, Simon? Good question. Um, I always end up with egg on my face uh, at the start of the season because really there's so much turnover in terms of playing personnel, coaches as well, across what is really the longest off-season in in world football. Uh, It's difficult to really put your finger on who is going to be uh, challenging right at the top. Uh, I'll go for the obvious suspects. Melbourne City have been there the last three years, but they've had a big changeover in terms of players. They've got half a new team, really. Uh, So whether they're going to be the same outfits, uh, I I don't know. Uh, Sydney FC have done very well in the Australia Cup, which is all we have to go on in terms of what we've seen on the pitch. Uh, They look a much stronger side this season. Brisbane Roar are going to be much better as well. Uh, Melbourne Victory have to have a better season than they had last time around. So that's a Uh, no-brainer. Quite honestly, you can make a case for half a dozen teams and I haven't even mentioned the current champion, Central Coast Mariners, who've also lost their coach uh, and a few players as well. So it's all a bit of an unknown, which, uh, which of course, makes it interesting. And, uh, you know, all the teams have, have got a chance. I'll let you save a bit of stuff for your show tonight rather than ask you a million questions. But I do want to ask you about the Socceroos. We face New Zealand tomorrow morning, I understand. Yeah, uh, we're playing the the All-Whites for uh, the resumption of a trophy that was last played for in 1954, the Soccer Ashes, uh, which was lost uh, in the late 1950s and thought that it was lost forever, but it was rediscovered uh, earlier this year. So they're going to play for that trophy for the first time in 69 years. It's uh, a wonderful trophy. In fact, unfortunately, it's not going to be there in London tonight because it's too fragile to travel all that way. Uh, but it's uh, basically the ashes of two cigars smoked <laughs> by Alec Gibb of Australia and George Campbell of New Zealand uh, after the 1923 Ashes series uh, and encased in a razor case that uh, belonged to a W. Fisher who uh, took it with him when he went to Gallipoli in 1915 and sealed in this wonderful uh, wooden sort of box with uh, mahogany from Australia and uh, other woods from New Zealand. Uh, it's it's a lovely story and shows that our game has a long, long history in this country, uh, contrary to some of the uh, the misconceptions that go around. So the first time in 69 years they'll play off for that trophy in uh, Brentford uh, in the wee small hours tomorrow morning. Great to have you, Simon. Nice story to finish it. And uh, we'll be listening tonight, 8 o'clock tonight, the global game. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Dwayne. Simon Hill having a chat thanks to OMF, Australian owned and designed. The OMF big, big spring sale is on now with up to 60% off on selected mattresses. The A-League men's season kicking off this weekend. A-League women's after a pretty good weekend last week, as we saw with a few texts uh, this week so far, saying the standard was fantastic. Dwayne's what for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now.